Nicholas Wapshaw, opinion editor of Newsweek. He's also an author. His newest book is The Sphinx, Franklin Roosevelt, The Isolationist, and The Road to World War II. His book is available a couple of places, www.norton.com forward slash books and amazon.com. Nicholas, more than a pleasure to have you back with us. Hope you enjoyed the long um, holiday weekend on the 4th and happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you. Yes, I had a great holiday. Thank you, Leslie. Always a great pleasure to be talking to you. Always a pleasure to have you with us. You know, Nicholas, you know that I'm a Fox News contributor. I'm a liberal, progressive Democrat on the left. I'm pro-Hillary, uh, have been since 2008. And um, I often will say emails, foolish, reckless, stupid maybe, but there aren't going to be charges recommended because this is not criminal. FBI director says almost exactly what I did, except he says, quote, extremely careless, but no charges recommended. Uh, First of all, Nicholas, are you surprised by these findings from the FBI and this recommendation to not indict? Uh, Well, let's take that it's in two bits, first of all. I'm not surprised that he recommended that no action should follow, because it always struck me as a trumped-up charge, if you'll excuse the expression. This was always a nonsense, just like every other fake scandal that's uh, dogged Hillary, right back from uh, Whitewater, uh, Vince Foster, uh, all the way through Benghazi, and this ludicrous email scandal. I don't think very many Americans are convinced. If you, if you hate Hillary, you might be, believe anything about it. But this is three decades of being dogged by fake scandal after fake scandal. So in terms of the principle, no, I'm not at all surprised. On the other hand, I am actually surprised that he should intervene in this way because it sort of sprung her from the prospect. It's going to be very, very difficult now for the feds to say, well, we've decided differently from our uh, colleagues here, senior colleagues, and we think that we should indict. I think there was never any uh, genuine... Uh, you and I both have work emails. Lots of thousands, hundreds of thousands of us have work emails. And I must say that I sometimes find it very difficult to know whether, which one I'm using. It doesn't mean that it was intentional. It doesn't mean that I'm spreading stuff that uh, I shouldn't spread. Private stuff on the work email, work stuff on the private email. Is that breaking some confidentiality? I would take a very dim view of the new Newsweek management, if they said, we noticed that you've been using the work things in order to talk to your wife or whatever it was. If the whole thing was a get-up uh, get nonsense from the very beginning. So I'm, I, I guess this is actually puts it to bed. And as soon as the, the FBI get around to saying, you know, notwithstanding three and a half hours talking to Mrs. Clinton, it was a horrible mess, a muddle, probably poor judgment, but certainly not, nothing criminal went on. So that's where I stand. Uh, I agree. Now, we know we're already hearing Trump is saying this is a rigged system. So people are clear. Um, are the, the FBI, I, I mean, if you can't trust law enforcement to be nonpartisan and, you know, nonpolitical and do their job, um, do you, you know, I, I don't I don't think and I think the FBI director was very clear that, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't going to be swayed, and he wasn't very happy about Hillary's confidence in all this. They were going to do the job that they you know, are supposed to do, uh, that he is in charge of the Federal Bureau of Investigation uh, to do. Um, historically, uh, you know, we certainly see you know, political bias on our Supreme Court. Is it that far-fetched? Uh, for some of these uh, claims and accusations from right-wingers um, that, uh, you know, the president made a phone call 
and said to the FBI director, I don't want an indictment to come down or, or said to our attorney general, even though she's in a sense almost recused herself from this at this point. Um, and, you know, when you look at the timing of this, that he's going to start campaigning with Hillary, um, although I, you know, I, I think it's, you know, merely coincidence, you can see how somebody would try and link these dots. Well, it's true. I mean, you know, we do live in an age, and it's been going on for, you know, at least 50 years, hasn't it, since Jack Kennedy was shot dead. We live in an age where almost nothing uh, cannot be the source of a conspiracy theory, even if it's nonsense from the beginning. You know, they faked the moon landing. Uh, Obama wasn't born in the United States. I mean, it, they're endless, endless, endless. Uh, for people who want to believe, and that's what we've reached, I think, we've reached a stage of politics where somehow for a lot of people, maybe a third of the electorate, Facts don't matter anymore, and they're quite happy to peddle something, uh, knowing it to be untrue. Now, that didn't used to affect the political candidates themselves, but in Donald Trump, we've now got a guy who plainly can't tell the difference between the truth and the falsehood, and is quite happy to peddle the falsehood uh, in pretense that somehow he didn't, doesn't quite know what the truth is, so he makes a smear anyway. I think that's where, that, that's where we've reached in this, uh, in this country when it comes to things. But when you, when you say, is it possible for a law enforcement people to be, person to be bent? Of course we are. We know that's the case. That's the case in uh, police forces across the country who bend the truth, particularly when they arrest people of minorities in order to frame them for something or other. But when it comes to the highest level, I do not believe that the head of the FBI or the head of the CIA is capable of taking a call from the president, as used to be commonplace if you saw that uh, all the way with LBJ movie, the HBO movie. You saw that it was. In those days, the president did call up people like the FBI and say, you know, J. Edgar Hoover, call them off, or indeed put the dogs on them. And that was what Richard Nixon used to do. But I think post-Watergate, it, it uh, well, I, I, I can't think of it happening. And I can't think of it. Nowadays, there's much more transparency about these sorts of things, and people are hotter on it. Uh, people in D.C. don't keep their, uh, you know, uh, facts to themselves if they've discovered something which is uh, treacherous, uh, like uh, a, law, a top law enforcement official uh, bending to the political will. So I think that in this case, I can't imagine that Obama called any more than I imagine, actually. Bill Clinton said to uh, the Attorney General when they were, you know, side by side parked in an airport somewhere, that, that Bill Clinton said, you know, isn't it about time this thing came to an end or whatever? I don't, I don't believe they discussed that for a minute. But of course, in this world, you've got to assume that everybody has dirty minds, in which case it's best not to be uh, caught in a position where at least a suggestion of compromise can come about. So Bill Clinton made an error, but I don't think that uh, the FBI director has made an error. Well, uh, you know, and I agree with you. Um, also, we need to remind people that the FBI director is a Republican who was a Republican appointee appointed by Bush. And, and, and I say that because, you know, people don't switch parties and loyalties just because people in the uh, Oval Office uh, switch names. Yes, exactly. The, uh, the, well, of course, it's true to say, by the way, that the Republicans are in some disarray. So uh, I would thought that Comey is exactly the sort of Republican, like Brent Scowcroft and dozens of other people, like every other a former president, uh, president, Republican president, they just can't bring themselves to deal with Trump. But in this case, would he use his own personal views on Trump or, or the political situation altogether in order to make a, call, make a bad call? Of course not. He's got a reputation to keep. He, he's, a, he's a true professional. He, he can tell the difference between black and white, between truth and falsehood. Right, and let's talk about the timing. 
Um, you know, uh, Comey has said, and everybody who has leaked anything out of the FBI offices has said that, you know, he wants to put this to bed in as quickly as possible. I mean, they have other fish to fry, and, you know, they had a lot of information that they needed to get through. Technically, with the amount of information they had to go through, this decision came up pretty quickly. Uh, so, again, some people would say the timing's precarious. And I say no, because it was their intention to put this to bed quickly, especially because this woman is the presumptive Democratic nominee. And if she's going to be indicted, you got to get down to business. And if you can get that done before the end of July, certainly before November, perhaps you have a responsibility to the nation to do so. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it, it certainly... He had to make a decision before, well before the convention in order to allow democracy to play its course. It would be appalling if he knowingly sat on a judgment uh, which was going to interfere with the, uh, the nomination process at the uh, Democratic convention or even worse in the November general election. So, of course, he wanted to get rid of yeah. what we always knew was. Uh, oh, hold that thought. Hold that thought, Nicholas. We're going to take... Hold that thought. We're going to take a, a break and come back. And remember, if he did not give enough time for a democracy uh, to uh, run its proper course, then Democrats could say, well, he was a Repub- he's a Republican and a Republican appointee. We'll be back right after this with Nicholas Wapshot, author and from Newsweek. Don't go away. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back from the holiday weekend. I'm Leslie Marshall, and we welcome back our guest. Good to have him back with us, Nicholas Wapshot, opinion editor of Newsweek, author of The Sphinx, Franklin Roosevelt, The Isolationist, and The Road to World War II. Find it at www.norton.com forward slash books or amazon.com. Nicholas, thanks for holding. Welcome back. Uh, You were saying uh, before the break, and we're talking about the FBI Director Comey's uh, comments regarding Hillary Clinton, that there'll be no charges recommended, and talking about uh, the carelessness um, and, and, you know, talking about the, uh, the, the timing of this. But w- one of the things that he, he did say or allude to is that, you know, somebody could have hacked into this. And is she, in a sense, off the hook with regard to criminal charges? Yes, we know. But with regard to issues of security, or is that separate or is this now put to bed except where it goes in the form of advertising or in the minds of a voter going forward to November? I can't see that having he having said that uh, he's not going to press any charges. I can't see that it does go anywhere else. There, they may there may well be technical issues about whether she uh, inadvertently leaked information. But it, it's a very messy business, you know, because uh, the tangle between her personal and work emails was so uh, complete uh, that it meant that when they were going through sifting through these hundreds of thousands of emails, can you think of anything worse uh, that those investigators had to do? Very often. And they would backwards, the State Department people would backwards say that something was uh, classified and top secret after the event when, it, when the, the initial uh, point, when the email was sent, it wasn't. So the whole thing would be just, uh, well, I wouldn't like to try it. Even as a lawyer, I wouldn't like to have it. It's a great case if you can get it because it would last years. I, I can't imagine that this goes any further. And the timing, just fortuitous. He had to get it out soon. We knew that because the process is that you always talk to the principal last, and we knew that on Saturday she took three and a half hours, which is no no mean time, three and a half hours. That's two back-to-back movies. You know, it's quite a long time that she had to answer questions. Uh, I guess, you know, if you wanted to make political trouble, you'd say, you know, let's have the transcription of that interview and so on in order to perpetuate. But I can't imagine that they would allow that, because as far as they're concerned, the whole thing is embarrassing to have to deal with 
such a thing, uh, and not least because they have this fine judgment saying, of course she was careless, we, we know that, uh, but that is not being the same as being a treacherous or being uh, reckless with the, uh, the state secrets. It was being reckless with the, uh, the whole notion of having your own separate uh, server, which is something which plainly should, she shouldn't have done. She said a hundred times that she shouldn't have done that. Looking back on it, she would have done something else. Uh, but, you know, as we said a thousand times before, she only did something that Condoleezza Rice did uh, before. You know, she wasn't the first Secretary of State to do exactly this crime, if it is a crime. And I think that most people, I think, will just assume that uh, they won't assume that there's been dirty dealings done and that he was operating under instructions for anyone. I think they'll just conclude that, come to think of it, somebody has spent a very long time, a lot of grown-up people have looked at this endlessly and come to the conclusion that, you know, better if it hadn't happened, but considering it had no harm done. So there we are. Okay, November, we have an election. It's going to be her against Donald Trump. He will use this and everything else, uh, as will Republicans. Two areas here. One, trustworthiness, very low numbers for Hillary Clinton as to whether people trust her or not. The emails definitely factored in. Do you think the number will change a bit and people will trust her more now that charges aren't going to be brought forth? Or do you think this will not move that that uh, dial or needle uh, on the record, so to speak? Well, I think it will make a difference, uh, and it's only to her benefit. The matter being settled, it's bound to, I think, allow the thing to subside, because it's about the only thing that was hanging over her between her and the convention. Now, uh, as we've seen, I don't know if you've seen the extraordinary pictures of Obama and Hillary together. This is bizarre in some respects, but also rather encouraging uh, double act, because they're plainly on very good terms with each other. Lots of smiles, lots of reminder for somebody like Obama, who doesn't tell lies about how Hillary's been working very hard over three decades towards progressive causes and so on. I would have thought that in terms of trust, uh, I'm not surprised that people don't trust her very much because she's put up with, I can't think of any other living politician apart from, uh, living certainly, but uh, any sort of in in recent times politician, apart from maybe Richard Nixon, who's got a worse press and a a worse uh, sort of united uh, establishment horror uh, at her. I mean, I mean the GOP establishment in that sense. I mean, Mitch McConnell and so on, way beyond, uh, you know, good manners in the way that they've uh, always treated Mrs. Clinton. So I think that, in a way, you know, it really doesn't matter in as much as, uh, because Trump's negatives are so overwhelming, uh, uh, he's about the only candidate, actually. I mean, if they put in any blander candidate, the figures would have looked very different. But compared to Donald Trump, she's an angel. I mean, she's totally honest. So... Uh, I think that it's unfortunate for the Republicans, but they, they've got the only candidate who can actually outflank her when it comes to being untrustworthy and <laughs> dubious morality. Speaking of, there are people out there who are undecided. There are independents or even some uh, Bernie supporters that are like, I'm not sure where I'm going to go. Now that this uh, burden has been released and there's no – because some people, I think, were like, well, I want to see what happens with regard to, you know, regarding the indictment. Um, will she not only in, improve, we just talked about, with uh, regard to trustworthiness, but do you think that she'll actually gain some people who go, okay, now, now I can vote for her in November, then now that I know there'll be no indictment coming down? I think a very small number of people were hanging on this judgment. Uh, not very many, really, Leslie. Do you think? 
Uh, I mean, sure, there must be some people who've said that that's the last straw, but I mean, or the, or, sorry, the last thing that, before they come to a judgment. And there will be people walking into the polling booths in November who won't have decided until they actually get the pen in their hands, I suppose. But for the most part, I think that actually this, uh, this election is settled largely. Uh, the fact is that before you get to the convention is where the concrete is set in public perceptions about the two candidates. Uh, Trump wasted the whole of June. He did neither uh, persistent assaults on Mrs. Clinton. Uh, the assaults that he did make, make were undermined by his own stupidity elsewhere. Uh, and uh, also he wasted a whole month when he might have raised some money that might have actually changed things in swing states. And uh, he's way behind in money as well. So altogether, I think that just looking, assuming that July the 4th is some sort of watershed and this happy coincidence for Mrs. Clinton that she's been cleared of all charges, as it were, uh, means that now she can concentrate on putting a sort of happier face on her campaign and adding a little sort of hope and drama. That's what the Obama-Hillary uh, meeting this afternoon seemed to do. They were hurling it forward. So we're not discussing about um, uh, sort of angry people and how to appease them. We're talking about the things that where Americans are really, really excel, and that is being optimistic about the fact that uh, next week and next year and the next decade are going to be better than this one for themselves and their children. And I think that's exactly where Mrs. Clinton is now free to forget any of the, the mud that's been thrown at her by now, because it's that, all of that is over. Uh, unless they come up with something we haven't even thought of, and I don't imagine that's the case. I mean, the Clintons have been vetted and double vetted and tri treble vetted for, because they've been in the public arena so long. If anything, uh, the, the real dirt, the oppo research, which is going to reveal a candidate to be uh, not quite what they made out to be, uh, is all on the Trump side. There's acres of digging still to be done by journalism on that side. I'd be surprised, as, as, as you know, I'm a biographer, that when crawling over uh, the lives of presidents, there's precious little when you get to someone as prominent as Bill and Hillary Clinton. There's precious little that isn't known about them anymore. Uh, no, very, very true, and I wish they'd start digging on Donald Trump. Uh, going back to uh, Comey, and, and last thing, uh, two, two more things uh, regarding this. He literally did say, though, and thank you, my crew reminded me of this, at the beginning of the speech today, the president nor the attorney general know what I'm about to say today. Um, an amazing thing to well, I guess it's because the attorney general did this silly thing of you know seeming to compromise herself by meeting with Bill Clinton. Uh, so yeah, I think that that was a very clever thing for him to say in order to completely reinforce the fact that this is not a fix. This isn't what Donald Trump says which it's a, that it's a fix, but that Trump thinks everything's a fix. But leaving that aside, this is not a fix. The fact is that he came to his own mind, as you say, he's a, a GOP guy through and through. It's not as if there was any uh, particular benefit to him to, uh, to support Mrs. Clinton in this, but that's what he's done. He's, he's, he's wiped the slate clean, and, uh, and I think that will free her up to campaign in a very positive way about the way that she sees America, and she'll probably, uh, in, in which case, uh, face a great onslaught from Trump. But the, the more down and dirty that Trump gets against Mrs. Clinton, I think by now, uh, the, the more people will uh, have some sympathy with Mrs. Clinton. Well, my crew uh, said that on Twitter there's a lot of things uh, going up, and this is a tweet uh, that they say sums it up uh, perfectly uh, today. Just opening that, guys. Thank you. And um, uh, this is from uh, Matthew Iglesias on Twitter. Uh, balanced uh, MSM take mainstream media. On the one hand, Trump is a wildly unqualified racist demagogue. On the other, Clinton was sloppy with emails. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and that, do, that, that, that does sum it up. So, Nick, let me ask you, you know, because people may hear when you say it, it's pretty much, you know, I, I, I'm twisting your words a little bit. You didn't say this exactly. A done deal. The election's pretty much, right, you know, uh, settled. It, if that's the case, then why aren't we seeing a larger margin between Hillary and Donald when, one, we know there are Republicans for Hillary out there. Uh, we know that there are efforts within the delegation of the GOP that are still trying to stop, uh, you know, stop this Trump train, even one in Virginia who was suing and saying they should not have to uh, vote for him and people that are not necessarily pushing their support. Koch brothers not writing uh, checks for him. And we have a Saudi Arabian prince who said he bailed Trump's ass out financially not once but twice. And as a matter of fact, you, you want to hear something. You guys appreciate this. My husband's cousin, who was born and grew up in Pakistan, works for a uh, Microsoft-related company in Dubai. And he came and spent the weekend with us. He did some training with Microsoft, and he wanted to visit us. Um, His family was who we lived with when we were adopting our son. So he hasn't seen my son since my son was a baby, and my son just turned nine on Tuesday. They're cousins by marriage. Um, So I was more than happy to welcome him into our home and to host him. And um, 20-something-year-old guy, and he told us that in Dubai, there are huge amounts of Trump properties that are being built, Trump hotels, Trump casinos, and there were, there were billboards everywhere uh, with, with Trump's picture on it and all the new things he's building. He has a home near the Clintons, by the way, in that whole rich area that's shaped like a palm tree. And, they, and he said after he said the ban on Muslims they, in Dubai, they tore down all of the uh, billboards, but that the construction is still going. So he said it's amazing. He said this, and he said because he's 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 making money and building things in Muslim countries all over the place. He said at least in the United Arab Emirates, not just in Dubai, but Abu Dhabi and some of the other Emirates that Americans aren't even aware of. So Nicholas, why why isn't a, a couple of things? One, why isn't America hearing about this? Because he does have money in Muslim countries. Um, and he does have partnerships with Muslim people and Saudi people and people high-ranking like princes and kings. Um, you know, so one, why aren't we hearing about this? And two, why aren't we seeing a bigger point spread when, you, you know, you, you look at the numbers, you, you, you look at just the numbers among Republicans, and you look at the lack of money, and you look at the lack of organization. This guy does not have one employee working for the Trump train in the state of North Carolina, which has been red, but Hillary might turn it blue. Um, you know, I normally a red state. So, so much I've asked you here. Go ahead, I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, I think that there's no doubt that Trump had uh, several weeks to himself. As long as Bernie Sanders kept nibbling at the heels of Hillary, she couldn't really turn her uh, fire directly at Trump or move into general election mode. And that sort of crucial five weeks uh, appears to have taken its toll on uh, Mrs. Clinton's numbers. Uh, there may well be, by the way. I mean, you know, you know, I'm half British. I'm half. 
American and I'm half British. So I have this strange relationship with the Brexit vote. I had a vote and I didn't vote to leave the European Union uh, because I see the extraordinary economic benefits of uh, being, uh, <laughs> if you live in the United States, you know, a huge single market is the reason that we're, we all do terribly well. The businesses do amazingly well. And, uh, but, but there's no doubt that the Brexit vote did expose something which is true on both sides of the Atlantic and that there is, a, there are people who have suffered from globalization. There are people who are in semi-skilled or unskilled jobs in uh, old school businesses like steel and coal, which are going out of business because they can't compete with the Chinese when it comes to coal or with the Japanese when it comes to steel or shipbuilding, for instance. Those people are immensely angry. They have not worked for a long time. They are mostly white. They're mostly blue collar. Uh, they're mostly men. And they're all solidly behind Mr. Trump because he's promising something, which, of course, as you pointed out, when it comes to dealing in the that Middle East with his property interests, he himself in his businesses is very happy to use globalization. He sells ties, uh, to put neckties, made in China with the Trump, Trump logo on them and so on. He is totally cynical when it comes to uh, performing in his own business life in one direction and then promising heaven on earth in the other direction, saying it's all going to stop and you're all going to get your old jobs back, which cannot be true. It just cannot be true. But those people are very angry, as we've seen from what happened in Britain. Just a lot of people just have missed out. And maybe there's more of those people than we like to think. But if you believe Nate Silver, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's gone through all of the Electoral College and so on, Mrs. Clinton is very, very close already, even with this narrow range of uh, getting close to it. And in, in a way, you know, I, I'm rather grateful uh, that, uh, that it is as narrow as it is, because the last thing that uh, Hillary needs right now is any complacency, any sense that actually Trump is such an obvious buffoon, rather like Boris Johnson in Britain, that no one would dare vote for him. He couldn't possibly be the president. What? progressive people need is to imagine that Donald Trump could well win the election. And you've got to get out there and vote. You've got to go out there and campaign, particularly in all of the swing states. You've got to go out and do your business. So in a weird way, the fact that it's, it's not neck and neck, by the way. I mean, Mrs. Clinton's ahead, and she's uh, even ahead in, in, the, in the key battleground states. But it does mean that, uh, that she's in a position, I guess, where uh, she's quite right to say, this is going to be a fight, and it needs to be a fight. All right. it, go ahead. Go, go, sorry. <laughs> Oh, no, everything is up this time. We've got three branches of government all up, including the Supreme Court. And so people do need to get out. The young Bernie supporters do need to get a, come out, unless they want to turn the clock back when it comes to women's uh, health rights and things like that. So uh, altogether, I'm rather grateful that, uh, that it is as close as it is right now. Do I think it'll be in November? I don't, actually. I think that she's going to sail through, and uh, at least the Senate will fall to the Democrats. She will be able to appoint any number, uh, by the way, of, uh, with the Senate majority, with any number of judges that suit right. her. Right, uh, the House... Rather less easy to grab because of the gerrymandering that's going right, on. Right, but right, right, absolutely. There's an end to that. You've got the Supreme Court. They will put an end to that gerrymandering, which builds in a, a, a natural majority in the House of Representatives for the Republicans, notwithstanding the fact that they don't attract that number of support. They're a minority party. I, I, I agree. Nicholas, thank you so much. Nicholas Wapshot of Newsweek.